Welcome to another episode of An Empowered You. And as we get ready to wrap up this month, we wanted to touch on the importance of your relationship with the food you eat. Yeah, you heard that right. The relationship that you have with the food you eat is so important on so many different levels. And this week, I have Andrea, who's going to dig deep with me, and we are going to talk about everything food. How you feel after you eat that chocolate cake, how are you talking to yourself after you have that burger and fries, and how are you feeding your mind, body, and soul with the nutrition and the things that you put into your mouth. So are you ready? Let's go. From struggle to purpose, fighting through the curses, you are now listening to Dodging the Surface, but nobody noticed and empowered you. My name is Rhonda Karan, and I am obsessed with everything marketing and bringing the magic sauce back to your life. I'm a mom of three, serial entrepreneur, and have turned a mess into a beautiful message. I am here to empower you through education, celebration, and falling in love with the person that matters the most, and that is you. No shy talk, straight, raw, real, and uncomfortable topics that empower you in life and in business. A safe space for you to grow, heal, and be the best version of yourself. Get comfortable, pull up a seat, and get ready to be challenged and empowered life while you learn. Easy, struggle to purpose, gotta fight through all the curses, touching the surface, but nobody This is an Empowered You podcast. Today on my podcast, I have Andrea, who is an emotional eating coach amongst a new mommy, I believe, and just an overall empowering human being. And if you know me, you know, I love to connect women that are doing amazing things in our communities, but also teaching others how to love themselves, how to grow a relationship with food and every other element of your life that we have to go through on a daily basis. And the goal for me is just to always make sure that people are loving themselves along the way. So tell me about you, um, what you do, where you're from, what you're passionate about, and, you know, something that people don't really know about you. Ooh, okay. Awesome. Yes. So my name is Andrea. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. I am, like you mentioned, an emotional eating coach. I uh, have not always been that way. Obviously, like most people, I got into this niche because I struggled for so long with it. And just like you're saying, a lot of self-love, a lot of unworthiness, a lot of all of those things I dealt with, um, bulimia, uh, eating disorders, overeating, binge eating when I was in high school and in college. And, um, it was all stemming from not feeling worthy, not feeling lovable, not feeling like I was enough therefore, and and not knowing how to deal with my emotions. Right. So I would kind of stuff them down, numb them through food and always feeling like I'm not good enough unless I look a certain way. Right. And so I, for so many years struggled with that. I became a nutritionist. I became a personal trainer. I became a health coach, all the things. And it was all very superficial. So I was just trying to like control and manipulate my food more. Right. Like I never really dealt with the internal piece. So I would give nutrition plans. I would go personal train people. And then I would go home and I would binge eat. And I was like, 
Mm, but what's going like I'm the worst personal trainer I'm the worst nutritionist ever why am I like I can give myself the meal plans I have all the knowledge I've accumulated so much knowledge but I'm not doing what I know I should be doing right why is that happening and so um and so yeah so I started going down so I, I started working mostly on personal development development with Tony Robbins and um and I love Miss Tony Robbins. Yes. Well, I now work with Tony. I do, I'm partnered with his personal trainer. And so I do all of the uh, fitness and nutrition for his platinum partners. Um, and then I also have my own academy where I help women through emotional eating, through binge eating, all the things that I also went through and stepping into their power, stepping into self-love, right? Because it's just that so often we're playing this like when then game, when I lose the weight, then I'll feel lovable and I'll be worthy. But what if we felt that right now? Like what if we could get to that place of self-love, worthiness, enoughness right now? And from that place, our actions would shift and change, right? Um, so normally we're kind of doing it backwards there. So, yeah, so that is, that is my story in a really quick nutshell. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the binge eating for me, I, I feel like I'm in a different space with binge eating. Like for me, binge eating is having a bag of Doritos or like, you know, enjoying something that I typically wouldn't really eat in my lifestyle. So it's like, um, you know, if it's like pizza, like I absolutely love pizza and around the time of the month I crave pizza. So I get a really great pie of pizza and I have a slice or two. And then, you know, it's kind of like, but binge eating before was like a tray and a half of Chinese food or like a whole tub of ice cream or like in one sitting you're eating chips, ice cream and all this other stuff. And then you're just sitting on your ass you're not doing anything, you're not moving, you're not exercising, you're not drinking enough water. And that is when it starts to take that emotional toll on your mind and body. And I feel like that that's when it really becomes a problem. Yeah, yeah. And it's just all just to piggyback off of what you said, a lot of that is the intention behind why you're turning to the food, right? Like before, if you're if you're like sitting down having a tub of ice cream because you feel anxiety or you you got broken up with and therefore you're like eating the ice cream to numb those feelings and and just sitting because you are procrastinating or whatever, then that intention is where it becomes hurtful, right? Where if you're just really having a bag of Doritos because it tastes good and you want to enjoy it, then that is completely different, right? So it's the intention behind why. That's literally what it is. Like, it's like, oh, okay, with this vegan chocolate chip cookie, I'm really going to enjoy every single bite. And then I start telling myself, hey, it has like some nutrients in it too. So it's definitely adding some value. So I think it's when you eat the food and then you binge and then you feel like shit afterwards and you literally start to self-sabotage your mind because you ate this food and you go into this like cycle of like self-sabotaging yourself that's when it becomes a problem so for the women that are hearing this that are experiencing this and they just you know they're in the gym they work out they know what they should be doing they know how should they be doing it but it's tough like I just had surgery so I had some cosmetic surgery done. And right after my cosmetic surgery, like I went through a lot of shit and I didn't want to eat healthy. Like I literally wanted to eat all the things that I don't eat. And I was okay with that. And I was like, okay, you know what, right now your body wants to be comforted. It just went through some severe trauma. So if you're eating things that you want to eat, all of a sudden out of nowhere, you want to eat these things, just eat them and enjoy them while you're eating them. But the old me would have probably like 
beat myself up over it and totally got in my head. So what are some steps that women can take? Because I'm thinking if you're listening to this right now, you're definitely battling with some sort of self-sabotage, you know, self-love in some kind of capacity. And when it comes to food, it's really important. It's like, we want a relationship with the man. We want a relationship with the woman. We want a relationship with, you know, our colleagues and our family members, but your relationship with your food is just as equally important and aids in how you progress with those relationships and other people. So where would people start? Like, where do they even begin and where do they start to really start to get on that track? of making sure that they're committed to the relationship that they have with food as well. So many juicy points that you just said there. I'm like, oh, (laughs) Um, one, just real quick. One of the things that I will take from what you said is that like before you mentioned you would beat yourself up and you would go down that rabbit hole. And that is 100% the very first place to, to, I mean, if you're asking me where to even start is you, it first takes obviously awareness, right? Just becoming aware of that. The fact that you are overeating, the fact that you are being yourself up, the fact that maybe your relationship with food is taking up a little bit too much mental capacity. Like your food should be adding to your life, right? It's something you can enjoy. It's something that keeps you healthy, alive. If it's not really doing that and it's kind of creating some stress and some, then of course, then that's, that's something that maybe we need to look at. But so, yes, you need the awareness, but then you also need this acceptance and compassion for yourself, right? And just like you're saying, so what normally happens when we overeat, when we binge eat, when we do all these things is like, we have an emotion that we don't know how to process. We've never been taught how to process. So you feel anxiety, you feel uh, self-doubt, whatever, something that's like, it's, it's producing something, something you want to get rid of. And so then you eat to numb that pain. You eat because you don't want to feel that anymore because you don't know how to process it. You don't know how to feel that into that. Most of us have been told stop feeling, uh, you know, just grow, don't cry, just grow up. Like, don't, you know, just put your big girl panties on whatever. And so then you, so you numb that you don't want to feel it anymore. You keep going. And so then you beat yourself up because you ate that. The fact that you beat yourself up now makes you feel worse. So now you're going to food again, because now these shitty feelings, you don't know how to deal with either. And so then it's the cycle, right? So there's always, uh, the, the fact, the, the beating yourself up keeps you in this spiral and in this cycle. So the way to break that is to have compassion and just infuse curiosity. So if you're asking someone that has no idea, they're dealing with some sort of self-sabotage with, and this could be for any kind of self-sabotage, doesn't just have to be with food. We get to first become aware and accept what's going on so that we can have compassion for it and not fight it, right? What we resist persists. So the more that I'm sitting here and fighting, like I want to, let's say lose the weight, but then I'm just focused on fat and I'm like resisting. Like, I don't want to gain any more fat. I don't want to gain the more that we focus on the fat, the more we're going to manifest that fast, right? Fat. So the, what we resist persists. So we have to just accept this is what's going on so that then we can focus on what we want moving forward. Right. So, um, so it's so much about having the awareness, then accepting it and infusing compassion and curiosity. Cool. What, when I went to binge, it's never the food that we want there. It's usually some, it's, it's really most of the time we're not hungry. It's not the food. It's the feeling that we think that food is going to give us. So okay. like I'm always look like, I'm always thinking about food. Like 
Oh, like, like if I'm, if I'm at breakfast, I'm already thinking of like, okay, what am I have for lunch? What am I have for dinner? Like I, you look at your bank statement, so much of your money like goes on food. And I think that it, even, even if you are eating better, it's just like, even if I have food in the fridge, I'm still buying more food. Like, why is that? Like, why are we like, it's, it's such a interesting, um, thing to try to grasp because I'm, I'm always in a season of self-love. Like I'm always in a season of becoming better. I'm always in a season of like learning about myself and growing, you know, with the punches and just learning. Like I'm, I, I, that's going to be me for the rest of my life. Like I want to connect with other women. I want to learn. I want to grow and men too. I don't want to close that out from our, our male allies as well, but like it's, 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 I love food. I love to cook. I love to serve others. I love to have huge outings and and women dinners and, you know, bring all different women together because I feel like food brings people together. You know what I mean? And kind of just ignites this form of like love and companionship and, you know, that people are looking for and understanding too. Cause it's like, if you're sitting at a table with 25 women, you don't know half the women, by the time you're done eating, you've already conversed on so many different levels. You feel full, you know, you walk away from the, the, the situation, not just physically full, but mentally full as well. But it's yeah. this, this like constant thinking about food. And that's, I feel like something that a lot of women battle as well, where it's just something that they're always constantly thinking about. And they spend all this unnecessary money on food that just can really be saved to buy a house. Like literally that's how much money is being spent on food on an annual basis. And we don't really need that much food to survive. Yeah, we don't, we don't, but it's, so it's just that what I was just mentioning is that it's not the food. It's the feeling that that food gives you. And so for you, for many, I'm Hispanic for many Hispanic women, it is so much like there's just like you said, so much love, so much connection when we turn to with, with food. Right. And so there's, when we talk about like Tony Robbins work, we have the six human needs. If you've heard of Tony Robbins, you've probably heard of the six human needs, right? We have the need for love, for certainty, for connection, for uncertainty, for growth, for compact, for, uh, for contribution. We have all for significance, but something, when something meets more than three or four of those needs, now it becomes an addiction. And so for example, food is so easy to meet our needs. Just like you mentioned, even as a child, right, this, there might be some like different inner child work there, but even as a child, you learn that food is the way that you meet love and connection, right? The food is a way that you can meet your need for uncertainty because now you have variety, you get to shift, you know, you whatever you spice up in your life. There's also from so many of us, we are, we spend our days doing things like we'll go to work, We'll do things for other people. Then we'll come home and we're like dealing with the house, dealing with the kids, dealing with, and we don't really do things for ourselves. We don't take this time for self-love, self-care, all these things. And we're really just seeking pleasure in our lives. Like we really just want pleasure. And we found that food is a great way to get pleasure. And so whether we know it or not subconsciously, it's like, we want this hit of pleasure of whatever this like feel good. And we don't give it to ourselves in any other area of our lives. So we continue to turn to food for that. But what happens is most of us eat and we're not present, right? Like we'll just like eat in front of the TV or we'll eat. And so you don't really taste it. You don't really get the pleasure. You don't really enjoy like, well, no, I think I enjoy it, but I get what you're saying. Like when you're just scarfing down or sitting in front of your office space and you just want to like, like it's literally two 30. I haven't eaten yet. Like I haven't eaten all day. Cause I've literally been like, you know what? I'm going to fast a little 
today. So I'm going to honor my body by not fasting. But it's just, you know, sometimes you scarf the food so quickly, you really are not present when you're eating it. Yeah, exactly. And so then you're you're going to food for pleasure, but then you're not really getting that pleasure. So then you're like, mm, I'm going to go for seconds and I'm going to, and I need some more here and I need some more there. And it just, when you, the, the biggest question to ask yourself is when, again, we started off talking about intention when you really go for that food, it's like, what's the intention behind my, my grabbing this right now? So am I look, am I numbing? Am I wanting some pleasure? If I want some pleasure, let me freaking like, let me mm, like just enjoy it and eat it and like make love to this piece of fruit, right? Whatever it is so that you really get that pleasure that you're looking for. Um, or, you know, is it, is it because I'm hungry? Is it because there's different, there's different ways that uh, different reasons that we turn to food. Um, I could go, it might take me too long to go into all of them, but I'm just, but it all is what's the intention behind why, why you're turning to that food is, is the biggest, is the biggest piece. Yeah. It's always about digging deep. You know what I mean? With any situation that we're going through, it's about really trying to understand and dig deep because if there's something that's occupying too much of your time, that's a problem because equally there should just be a balance like all across the board when it comes to your, your life as a whole, you know? So you're, you're now a new mom and you are married, right? You're married. Yes. yes. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about marriage life. And, you know, I think a lot of uh, people think that it's just like easy peasy, you know, like I find a man, he's hot. We have great sex. We get married. We have kids live happily ever after. And they don't understand the work and the dynamic that like really, that, that like it really comes with. So explain to us, like, how has it been? Cause you're a new mom. Are you newly married as well? Uh, we've been married for two years now, but yes, pretty much. How's that journey been? So it's been, honestly, it, it's been great. Now with the child, it's been challenging to say the least. Um, I will say for so long, I, so I just had a baby girl. She's three months old today, actually. Um, she, for so long, I was literally, I would dread having, I would always say I'm going to be a boy mom because girls, like, do you know how much I struggled with body image, self-love? I have three girls. Wait, really? (laughs) Yeah. I was like. I'm going to, so many insecurities. Like, what am I supposed to tell her when she goes to high school and all these things? Like, I don't know how to deal with this stuff. So the fact that I went through this journey and I literally, this is like what I teach is self-love is worthiness is, is not feeling like you have to look a certain way to, you know, to be enough. And so I am literally so, so, so happy that I went through all of this and that I have all of these tools now now that I have a baby girl, because I was like, this was literally, I used to dread this. So it, this is such, such great work. Everything that you talk about, all the self-love piece, not only for ourselves, but for relationships and for, for our children, for everyone around us, right? When we show up differently, it, it shifts every, it, it's a ripple effect. And so, um, yeah, but so with the, with the marriage and everything, it's, it's been great because we are very much, uh, very, very, very much both into personal development both into all of this work. And so it's our, our conversations are kind of nerdy in, in all of this stuff. Like if something happens, um, if something happens, we'll be like, Oh, let's do some inner child work here or let's, you know, what's coming That's up. Awesome. Here. Yeah. That's so, so we, important. we can really understand each other and grow together and, and all of that. I feel that's super important. Um, but with the baby, that's where most of you, most of us are like, okay, yeah, you get married and then everything's great. And then you have a kid and then 
now the baby's like, Ooh, that's a whole nother, like we both have to work and pass the baby over here and pass the baby over there. And then, you know, and then you, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's been wild. It's been wild. But yeah, I, know. I have three and I, I have, um, my youngest is, is three and um, it definitely is a challenge. And especially when you go through um, things in your life that aren't aligned with what a three-year-old needs are or a three-month-old, you know, needs are, and you have to like shift and adjust. And sometimes it can really take a mental toll because when you grow up or you have a lot of like generational trauma in your life and different, you know, trauma points in your life that you've been through, it just kind of like this little, it, it starts to creep back in, in those moments where you feel like overwhelmed or you know just helpless and sometimes like with the baby when I went through postpartum I would just like go in the closet and start crying you know with the baby because it just sometimes becomes so overwhelming and I think it's important for women to just honor that and be and 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 get the help that they need you know to just be better overall for for our kids and and you know our husbands and you know and the people around us. Yeah, I will say postpartum, I feel like it's not talked about nearly enough as it needs to be. It is definitely a journey that is, it, like I mentioned, I mean, like we said, both challenging to say the least. It has been such incredible growth for me, though. Like I see myself, for example, even with this work that I do, this is this is the beauty of it. I feel like real self-mastery comes a lot from seeing these triggers and these challenges come up and then make being like, okay, no, this is great. This is... Uh, this is this. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, seeing these challenges come up and then being like, okay, no, getting excited. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Let me explore, you know, what, what, what is there to heal here when there's a trigger, right? It's this invitation for us to go deeper and to see what needs to be healed. And so, for example, for myself, I have uh, my little baby girl has been very colicky, um, very fussy yesterday. We had a incredibly rough day with her of her crying and different things. Um, and so I was able to, so I, I could have this, it could have gone one of one or two ways. I could have gotten really stressed out and, you know, even before I would have gotten stressed out over eating binge eight, whatever, or I could take a look at it and be like, okay, what is this here to teach me? Right. What do I need right now? And so I started, I realized if I go ahead and, and, you know, I'm not able to get work done. I'm not able to do anything because she needs all of my attention. She needs all of my love. So I took a second and I was like, clearly there's still something in me that feels like I'm not worthy if I'm not achieving or if I'm not doing all of these things. So I need it right now. She's giving me this gift. This trigger is coming up where I feel like ah, I have so much to do and I'm stressed out because she needs me all the time. Like she's giving me this gift where I can look at this trigger and actually take a deep breath and see what do I, what do I need? Where I'll work on it. Yeah. Because it's funny you say that because my, my kids actually give me the most triggers the most like they, and, and sometimes heavier than others. Like I'm always raw and real and I'm always going to share like where exactly I am. And they, they still give me the most triggers. Yeah. And that's something that I see all the time with, with parents and stuff is we'll ask, we'll be like, okay, I want to be more patient. And then the kids come up and they're triggering you and they're, and this is like, and it's crazy because that's the exact opportunity for us to 
to practice being more patient, right? But most of us like explode and we're like, ah! and so it's the, these little things. It's really, I truly believe that self-mastery is when we see these little things and we're like, oh, I asked for this. I wanted to be more patient. I wanted to be more self-loving, right? I wanted to show myself more love when the opportunity came that I was in the fitting room trying these pants on and they didn't fit. Perfect opportunity for me to practice self-love. Do I want to, am I, am I going to hit that resistance and then back to and be like, no, or am I going to remember, okay, cool. This is, this is literally the universe is giving me exactly what I wanted. I yeah, want yeah. And it's kind of like with body shaming when you have like, you know, even I found myself after my surgery still tr- like nipping and picking on parts that I didn't feel like were cut off the right way or were like done the right way. And then you still, uh, uh, your mind tends to go and focus on the negative rather than looking at all the great work that you've done and, you know, going from a size 18 to a size 10 and, you know, now removing loose skin from your body. I'm, I'm never going to be like a skinny petite person. It's just, it's not in my, my DNA, but, but when you're so used to like, I think sometimes growing up in that state of mind of like body shaming yourself and being, thinking you're, you're not good enough and beating yourself up. You're too fat. You're too, you know, your clothes don't look good. Your hair don't look good, but then you, it's kind of always goes back to like, kind of like interjecting that thought. It's like, okay, no, that's not true. You're beautiful. This doesn't define you. Like you're beautiful. Look how much work you've put into yourself. But you, you, the thought is always going to surface when you've been through so much of that shit growing up. When you've been body shamed your whole life. When you've been spoken to like shit your whole life. When you've gone through generational trauma. It's it's always going to show up for yourself. And then it's going to take for you to just kind of interject that thought with all the positive affirmations and the work that you're doing. Because I think people think that it stopped, like it stops showing up. It just doesn't show up no more. You're healed. You're never going to have to deal with it. And, and no, it's how you shift your mindset when you're being faced with these like unrealistic thoughts that are just not true. Yeah. That's something that I was actually speaking to a client about, uh, yesterday on one of our coaching calls is we have this, this perfectionism mindset sometimes too, as women, a lot of the women that I deal with emotional eating, binge eating, it comes from so much restriction. And then the restriction causes, we know for a fact, restriction causes overconsumption. So then we overconsume and then we're like, Oh, I messed up the diet by like one gram of carbs. Therefore screw everything. I'm going to eat it all. Right. This like all or nothing mindset perfectionism. And so we expect it to be the same way when this, with this mindset of like, okay, I'm going to step into self-love therefore all of a sudden or worthiness stuff that the conversation I was having yesterday was about worthiness. And they were like, well, I've been doing the work on worthiness. I should just, you know, feel worthy all the time. I'm like, no, no, no. This is years of conditioning, right? Like, like you said, years of, of different traumas, people saying different things, So we get to continue to, it's, we're guaranteed that it's going to show up. It's just changing that relationship that we have to it and meeting it with compassion instead of that self-hate and being like, ah, they were right. Right. But questioning it, we get to question our thoughts. Ooh, cool. This came up where I'm beating myself up. Is that even true? Do I believe? Why are you fucking here? Like I find myself asking like, what the fuck are you doing here? Depression? Like, why are you even here right now? Like yeah. you're, you're, you're a myth in this world of greatness. Like, and people be like, what do you mean you talk to your depression or you talk to your anxiety? Yeah. Like I talk to it, 
but there, there's still moments. There's still so much I have to work on. We can't like work on every single, there's like so many different parts of trauma and healing that you have to go through that imagine if it's, if you went through, if it's 33 years of your life or 35 years of your life, and then at 35, you decide, okay, hey, I really need to get my shit together. Like for me, the number was 38. I'm 42. So I really didn't start to really hold myself accountable, start to realize that I needed to really do some serious healing until I was 38 years old. So do you think in the the matter of four years, I can turn around the 38 years of that just like this, just like by one conversation, by one, you know, healing session, by going to unleash the power within one time, you know, by doing all these different things one time. No, it's going to take a repetitive commitment and it's going to take daily practice to make sure that we are continuing to heal from all this, these, these decades of not even knowing where to begin, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't limit anyone to say they couldn't do it quicker. You know, we, we, we are, we're all different, but it's, it's so true that it does take, it does take taking and, and in different areas of our lives. Like I feel like I've worked so deeply and have fully healed everything with emotional eating and, you know, body image and whatever. I have really worked on that piece. And then I started a business and I was like, Oh, shit. <laughs> so many more limiting beliefs came up. Right. And then I had a baby and now I'm like, Whoa, then there's like worthiness stuff coming up with a baby. And am I a good mother? And, and so am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? And so all of those things come up as well. So yeah, it's not like one and done and you're never going to, no, it's like, it's you're, you're guaranteed. You're going to feel angry again. You're going to feel unworthy again. You're going to thoughts are going to come up. It's just, again, seeing this, it's kind of like that piece of self-mastery that I keep saying, where you're like seeing the thoughts come up and you're like, Ooh, this is interesting. Like instead of identifying with it, feeling like creating meaning that you're a bad person because you're thinking this or anything like that, but just getting excited and being like, Oh, this is a thought that I hadn't seen before. This is cool. I get to now go deeper into this just like I did yesterday. Right? Like my daughter needed all my attention. All I said, the thought came up of like, shit, like what I, I have to do all this stuff. And then I was like, Ooh, interesting. Why am I thinking? Right. Totally. Like, that's what I'm saying, because it's like, like you said something that, that, that is exactly what it is. It's like different parts of themselves in different seasons so it's like because you can you can just be one person that's gone through like one thing and dive into like a tony robbins course and you're good and you've already you've overcame whatever then you could be someone that just has so many different levels that they have to like get through and go through because i feel like everyone's life is just different you know like i'm writing a book and in my book i read back to some of the things that i've been through and i'm like oh shit like you've really wow like I've never seen like anyone else go through that. So it's like to be able to just take a second and say, okay, well, I've gone through this. Now let me tackle the next thing. Cause it, cause like with, with when we were talking about like body shaming and eating and all, that was one of my biggest things, Andrea, I was, I've been fat since I've been five years old. I've always had big arms. I've always ate. I've always loved food, but my relationship with food sucked you know so it's like at the end of the day it's like really taking control of what you can take control of and doing the best you can absolutely do exactly exactly and that's that's the whole piece on a that's why self-love is is so important 
is uh, once you shift that, it's everything else in your life shifts, right? Like it's like what we, the way we do one thing is why we do everything. So you, you shifting the way you see yourself, the way you, like, if you step into a place of where you're feeling more worthy, you're feeling more like not, not as much like lack around food and whatever. And now you won't have as much lack around money or around relationship. That's like the fact that I'm loving towards myself changes my relationship with my husband, changes my relationship with, with my, with my clients, with everything. So it really, really is super powerful to do this work. And the other piece that you, that you mentioned there was on self-sabotage and self-sabotage goes, um, just like you mentioned when you were four years, since you were four years old, you've been said, maybe you believe that since you were four, someone called you, for example, someone called you said you were the fat girl at age five. And that became a piece of your identity. And I see this all the time with so many women. Now, this is my identity. I'm the fat girl. And so now when I go to do a diet, I am acting in ways that aren't in alignment with my identity. And as humans, our ego will do everything and anything to prove that we're, our identity is right. Right. We'll like look for brown stuff and call it purple just to, just to say, okay, yes, I'm right. This is, this is, this is my identity. And so we, we, we end up self sabotaging because we're like, our actions aren't in alignment with what I believe to be true with myself. So when we get to do the deeper work and we go into belief systems and our identities and we get, and we start shifting those things. Now the emotions shift, the, the, the feeling, um, the actions shift as well because we're shifting from the root cause. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's always going back to like the roots of it all and yeah. just really digging deep and really realize, you know, just really coming to the realization in your life of like what is working, what isn't working, what needs to be removed, but just the, the most, the simplicity of just being still in who you are and just truly making sure you're honoring your mind, body, and soul, and, and what you're putting into your body and what you're putting on your body, you know, it all just, it's like a ripple effect all around you. And if, if we, if you know anything about this show, you know, self-love is the only love you truly need because when you truly love and honor yourself sky's the limit. And I know it's like repetitive. I say this, like I've, I've literally say this on every series that I record because I just want it to be instilled in people's brains to just learn, you know, what they need to do to get to where they need to be in life. So they can just be happy. I think people think happiness comes in the form of other people or happiness comes in the forms of other beings. Like, you know, at this point, like I'm not worried about anything or anyone else but myself, like my actions, what I'm putting out into this world and just being authentically who I am. And for me, that is just something that everyone like be authentic, be you. If, if making silly videos make you feel good and that's something you want to do, do it to become a comedian. Like what, even if it's like the stupidest thing that you think of in your mind and you're like, dude, but this is like what truly makes me happy. I, I want you to do just that. Yeah. And I think people forget to show up authentically because they're always so worried about like what someone else may think or they're in these relationships that just 
don't serve them, whether it's like an abusive relationship, mentally, physically, or emotionally, abuse is abuse. And if you are someone that is in any kind of relationship that is bringing you any kind of trauma and abuse, seek help. I'll put some, you know, resources in our show notes below because there's just domestic violence within relationships is so big because women are just insecure or men are insecure as well. And they get, they get into these relationships for the sake of having someone else like control their life or, you know, take control of what they're going through. And there's just so much help out there. It's just so important to, to look in the mirror and be like, it stops now. And my life is more important. You know, what would you say to women out there that may be battling being in relationships that they just can't get out of, or, you know, feeling like they're nothing or they don't have nothing because they don't have a significant other. What would you say to them? Yeah. Well, first of all, that is, it's taking a look at the fact that that is 100% not true, right? We are all so worthy, so lovable, so enough just by being born. We are so, I, I look at my baby girl right now and I'm like, oh my God, this, I had a shirt on her the other day that said, I can move mountains. And I'm like, yes, you fucking can. You can move mountains. You are so worthy. You can do anything. And that doesn't change just because we grow up, right? What changes is the fact that it's not like we have, there's something wrong with us. It's that there's these layers of conditioning that we just get to peel back to get back to our true essence, which is someone that is so worthy and so love, so lovable, right? Like we don't need all these other things. Um, but one of the things that I will say is, and that's, that's usually the root of why we stay in relationships, right? Is we don't feel I was in a very, very destructive relationship and, uh, before my husband, obviously, and we, and, and I, like he cheated on me. And then I was still like, Oh my God, no way. <laughs> no, wait, take me back. Like, even though you cheated on me because I did not feel worthy of anything like, exactly. as, yeah. Right. Like I was like, wait, who am I without this guy? Like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. And so this work, this self-love piece, the emotional piece, this is 100% what got me through everything. And when I stepped into this place, I manifested the most amazing man I could have ever of, right. And so mine is coming, girl. Yeah, you better believe it. For sure. But actually, so I'll just mention real quick a story that really changed my life and the way I looked at self-love. Um, as I was doing a lot of the self-love work, but while I was working on everything for myself, there's this book called So There's the Four Agreements. Have you heard of the four agreements? I have the pocket size, the full size, and every chance I get, I reread the book. It's incredible. So he also has the mastery of love. Have you read that? I have it. I just haven't. I have like, I need to like really, you know, one of the things I noticed is like I start the book and then I never get to finish and I, I need to just sit down and read the four agreements and then go right into the mastery of love. But I have both. The mastery of love is incredible. So when my husband and I started, uh, first moved in together, we were like, okay, you know, we're, we're so into this personal development thing. We're reading this book together. So we read the book together. It changed so much for us. And for myself, incredible book. I, so in the book, he tells a story about a magical kitchen, right? And so imagine this, you have a magical kitchen. And so in this kitchen, there is so much, like, it's literally magical, whatever you want. It just pops up. You, you invite people and like the food just never ends. It's just magical. You think of something, it comes up, people come and you just share it. Right. And so you have this 
incredibly magical kitchen. Then all of a sudden this guy knocks on your door and he is, he has pizza for you. And he's like, Hey, I have this pizza. You can take this pizza, but this pizza comes with X, Y, and Z conditions. You'd be like, no, thanks. I don't want your pizza, but I have so much pizza in here. Come on in. Like you can have pizza, right? Like come have your pizza. And so there's that. Imagine if the opposite is true. Imagine if you have absolutely nothing, you are starving. Like your kitchen is empty. There's no food in your kitchen. And this guy comes and he's like, Hey, I have this pizza comes with X, Y, and Z conditions. You're like, Oh my God, give me the pizza. I'll do whatever you want. And then all of a sudden this guy is your only source of pizza. So you will, you will be dependent on this guy for your source of pizza right? For your source of food. And you feel like without that food, like, who are you? What are you going to do? How are you going to survive? You'll, you're just literally like a slave to this person. And so turn that into, into self-love. If you are empty within, you're going to be stuck in these relationships that don't serve you because you don't know how to fill yourself up because you feel like this is the only way that you can do, get it. Right. And so it, when you are full, when you do all this work, when you have so you feel so much love for yourself. You can give it without conditions, knowing that there is, it is abundant. You can give it to yourself and you're not going to take shit from someone that, Hey, I, you know, I'll give you love if you do this for me. No, I don't need that. And so for myself, when I read that, that story, I was like, he does a much better way of saying that story. I just kind of butchered it there, but I literally wrote in on my mirror every single morning, I put a, a magical kitchen. And so I would wake up every morning and I would put my hand on my heart and imagine myself as this magical kitchen, like so full of love, ready to give it ready to. And I was like, what, that is exactly what I want to become. It's just a magical kitchen. And so that were those two words. I literally, I wrote it on my, on my mirror for like a year, continued to focus on it, continued to do mirror work with like giving myself the love, becoming that magical kitchen. And it literally shifted so much for me. Yeah. I like, I love that. You know, it's, it's like, and there's so many different ways of expressing it. And I, and, and, you know, I've done landmark, I've done so many different ways. And I feel like each educator, each coach kind of expresses it in a different way. And it, it can relate to in different ways to different beings, but this, that's literally like the sauce to it all. And I just continue to pray that if you're hearing this, you know, that it's always going to start and end with you and that the work you put in is, is exactly what you're going to get out of it. And yeah, I mean, what, so what, what do you have going on? What's, what's going on with Andrea? Like where, you know, where can people look into what you're doing? I'm going to add all your information in the show notes as well. So people can just grab it and connect with you when necessary. But what, 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 what exciting things are you working on? Yeah. So I have my, I have my Academy where I help women through emotionally, really it's just emotional mastery. And we don't really talk about food at all because it, it's all just the emotions, right? It's being able to handle our emotions and feel whole within without trying to look for external sources in order to fill up. Um, and so and what does that look like? Is that like weekly calls? Is that like, yeah. Um, so it's an Academy. It's called the Dishes Skill Academy. It used to be three months. It's now, have going on is we've expanded it to six months, which we're super excited about so much embodiment work we do. Uh, it does look like modules, there's mentors, there's accountability partners, there's uh, calls with me, um, a lot of embodiment work. We do breath work in there. We do like dance therapy, emotional activation part- patterns where we activate the emotions, we need to be able to process them, release them. It is incredible. So it's, that's Amazing. like my baby. That's everything. Um, 
And so, yeah, so what we have going on there is we've expanded it now to six months. Uh, super, super, super exciting. And then, and yeah, and so I have also my, a couple courses as well, shorter courses, like four hour courses and stuff like that. Um, awesome. Awesome. We're working on um, an Empowered You Q4. I'm hoping to do it in like probably more toward the end of 2021, only because we just don't know where we are with the pandemic. So I'm yeah. super excited about that and um and yeah so there you have it folks emotional eating um and it all stems every single show and every single expert and coach that I bring on this podcast where it all goes back to the same thing like how are you honoring yourself how are you showing up for you what are you doing to heal from the trauma that you face in your life or just to heal from a specific situation or a breakup or something that you've gone through it always starts with you thank you so much for being on the show Andrea I really appreciate it you're so welcome yeah I love that it's so true every single person you bring on here I'm sure people are looking so much externally but it's like no go back to you go back always go back to you go back inside Thank Thank you you so much. And thank you guys for tuning in. Cheers to an empowered you.